Happiness does not come from something. It comes from someone. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today on the show, we have Robert Morris, and he is talking to us about how happiness does not come from something or our circumstances or anything like that, but being happy and being blessed comes from someone and how we a lot of times look for happiness and joy in another person or in our spouse. And when they stop making us happy or they, you know, they're not doing the things to meet our needs that we move on and we drop them and we go somewhere else to find what we need and that we have to find our source of happiness and contentment straight from our relationship with Christ. It doesn't even come from a church or anything of God. It comes straight from being in the presence of of Jesus and of God himself. Here's Pastor Robert Morris. All right, we are in a series called The Blessed Families. And uh, this, we talked about um, the broken family, Adam and Eve. We talked about uh, the blessed marriage last weekend. This weekend, I want to talk about from broken to blessed. And I want to remind you that we all came from a broken family, Adam and Eve. And again, not referring to divorce, referring to the brokenness of sin, all right? So I want to show you looking at a broken family in Luke 15, probably one of the most famous family stories in the Bible, the story of the prodigal son. I want to show you four stages that we all go through to go from broken to blessed because we're all born broken. We're born broken. So we're going to talk about how to go from broken to blessed, all right? So these are the four stages. They all have two words, each point, and the second word is me in every point. So it's, it's really, hopefully, you can remember these four points, all right? Number one, the stage is give me. Give me. This is where we all start. Every person, every baby, every spiritual baby, every marriage, we all start with give me. Let me show it to you in the prodigal son, Luke 15, verse 12. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Now, let me say this again. Every baby starts here. Every baby starts, give me. Every child starts here. We, we desire as parents for our children to grow out of the give me stage. Would you agree? Some of us are thinking, yep, I got a 27-year-old still in the give me stage. <laughs> Some of you might think, I got a 45-year-old and I'm married to him. All right, but let's not talk about that, all right? <clears throat> but we all start here. We also start here spiritually. Maybe you've never thought about this, but we are born again, so we are spiritual babies. And I want you to understand, God doesn't resent that, that we're in the give me stage as spiritual babies. He doesn't resent it. You don't resent it when your newborn baby wants a bottle. You don't resent that baby because you're not expecting any more out of that baby than to just be a newborn baby. In the same way, God's not upset because we start out in the give me stage. If you think about it, many of us get saved out of selfishness. I want you to think about it. We get saved because we don't want to go to hell. 
We get saved because we want God to clean up the mess that we've made. We get saved many times out of a give me mentality. In other words, many times we don't get saved. People don't give their lives to Jesus so they can do something for God. It's so God can do something for us, right? And again, I'm trying to tell you, God's not upset about this. He understands. He does want us to grow up. Paul had to address this to the church in Corinth and say, you're still babies, and by now, you ought to be teachers. You ought to grow up. You do need to grow up. But we start with the give me stage. Okay, same with marriages. Marriages start in the give me stage. The husband wants the wife to meet his needs, and the wife wants the husband to meet her needs. Now, there are some needs that God has designed a husband can meet in a wife, some needs that God has designed that a wife can meet in a husband, but you have to understand there are some needs that only God can meet. And if you're looking for your spouse to meet the needs that only God can meet, you're going to be disappointed. This give me spirit, you can see it throughout the scriptures. Let me show you another famous give me in one of the disciples that you know about, the one who betrayed Jesus. Matthew 26, 14 and 15. Then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and said, what are you willing to give me? if I deliver him to you. And they counted to him 30 pieces of silver. Give me. That's where we all start. Um, you know, we, Debbie and I have grandchildren, and we love our grandchildren. Our grandchildren are obviously wonderful. They're maturing, they're growing, but they're still children, so they're in the give me stage. Uh, we love to do things with our grandchildren, but here's what I've noticed about my grandchildren. We never get to do what I want to do. We always do what they want to do. They never say to me, Papa, you're such a good Papa. What would you like to do today? <laughs> they tell me what they want to do. They tell me what movie they want to watch that day. I've seen Frozen 3,472 <laughs> times. So that's the first stage. Give me. Here's the second stage. Use me. Use me. Now, I'm going to shock you. There is a use me that is pure and from a mature standpoint, and we're going to get to that, but I'm going to phrase it a little differently than this. But the second stage we move into is use me, and it's not a good use me. It's use me so I can be seen or significant or feel important. This is the next stage that every Christian goes through. Give me and then use me. It's, we talked about a few weeks ago, fame, how fame entered in after the fall. It's that wanting to be significant, wanting to be seen. Um, let me say another way. We say give me because of selfishness. We say use me because of selfish ambition. Philippians 2, 3 says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Now, I'd underline selfish ambition. Here's the reason I underlined it. That's two words to us in English. In the Greek, it's one word. It's only one word. It's in the New Testament seven times. Sometimes it says self-seeking. James 3, 14 says about self-seeking, okay? But here's the point I want you to notice. When the Bible talks about ambition, it puts the word selfish as a part of it. Now, please hear me, because people say, well, isn't there a good ambition? Listen, not according to the Bible. 
Because here's why. The definition of ambition is self-seeking, self-promoting. So you say, well, wait a minute. What about someone who has drive? That's great. That's great if they have drive. But why? (laughs) See, when I'm looking at training young men and young women in the gospel and in ministry, I literally am trying to beat selfish ambition out of them because I know it's there. Every person's born with it. And that's where we move into. We move into this give me stage, and then we move into this use me stage. Let me show you a verse. Uh, This is talking about Simon the magician. He sees the laying on of hands and the giving of the Holy Spirit from Peter and John. And then this is what he says to him, Acts 8 verse 19, saying, give me, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, give me something so I can feel significant, so I can have power. Okay, let me relate this again to a marriage. In a marriage, we start out like, um, give me something so I'll feel good about myself or so I'll be happy. And then we move into, you're not meeting my needs, you're not making me happy, so I need to do something to make me happy. Now, think about this. I've done a lot of marriage counseling. Most of the marriage counseling fits around he's not meeting my needs or she's not meeting my needs. That's the give me phase. But then the next step they move into is, okay, I've realized I'm not going to get happiness out of this person, which I thought I would, so now I need to do something to be happy. This is normally when divorce occurs. A person begins to try to do something to get happiness. And happiness does not come from something. It comes from someone (laughs) only. His name is Jesus. Okay, so in the prodigal son's life, this is when he left to do something that would make him happy. Luke 15, verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal or sexual immoral living. That's what that means, sexually immoral. Okay, so he decides to do something to make him happy. How many times have we seen people go through this stage? Many times it happens at about 10 years in a marriage, just to, just to say that. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm simply saying you need to press into God. Normally, I've watched around 10 years in the marriage, and then sometimes at 20 and 30 as well, all of a sudden, they get tired of this person's not meeting my needs, so I'm going to try to find my needs met somewhere else. That was Pastor Robert Morris, and he is the pastor of Gateway Church. You can find out more information about him at his website, pastorrobert.com, or at Gateway Church's website, which is gatewaypeople.com. You can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Robert Morris, The Blessed Family. Hope you have a great day and a great week, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless you.